Today we have Joe Caraba from Winston Gold Mining, the chairman of Winston Gold Mining. Joe, you've got a pretty interesting track record, especially leaving Newmont to head over to Winston. What was some of the thought process behind that, especially leaving a very, very nice salary and opportunity that you had there at Newmont? Yeah, Patrick, uh, I've been very blessed in my uh, 40 plus year career being able to move around the world with uh, numerous companies and operating roles. I was 22 years with Rio Tinto. Uh, nine years on the Newmont board and uh, was the chairman and CEO of Cleveland Cliffs, a big iron ore and coal producer uh, out of Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, I had spent nine years on the uh, the Newmont board. It's, uh, it's a great company. Uh, as you know, they did the merger with Gold Corp last June, uh, which was fantastic. Both uh, bolted them into the number one position as a gold producer in the world. Uh, I ran the, the uh, sustainability, the safety, and the operations committee for those nine years and very proud of the progress we made in all of those areas. But when uh, the merger took place uh, last June, uh, there were going to be a, a lot of board members and, and a lot of things that you have to do after a merger to, to take care of business and do it rightfully so. Um, and a, a lot of it didn't have to do with mining gold. Uh, again, all the IT mergers and, uh, and all the accounting issues that, that need to be resolved to go with it. So I, I do like mining. I like to get my hands dirty. Uh, the junior space was intriguing. Uh, when I jumped in, gold was still $1,100, $1, and there wasn't any sight of, uh, of what we're seeing today with the rapid uh, uh, price increase with gold as well. But so the numbers held up for Winston. I looked at a number of different uh, companies. Uh, obviously, through the years, I've got a good due diligence list to go through. I liked what I saw. Talked to Murray Nye, the CEO, and his group uh, several times on the phone, did my desktop, and then went out and visited the guys. Spent three days on the ground from the, the drill bed to the core shed to the assay lab uh, to the geological model and then to uh, building the financial model. And, and again, at even at $1,200, the... Uh, the company held up quite well. So when I saw all that, it was uh, it's fully permitted. Um, we leased a mill in March that's only 35 miles away. So we've got the complete uh, uh, chain, if you will, to uh, produce gold concentrate, uh, the gold concentrate. And uh, and here we are, the journey's almost complete. We're gonna be producing concentrate at the end of the month. When normally when people move companies or they go to different boards, things like that, they normally don't put and they normally don't invest their own money. But what's interesting about you is you're actually one of the, I guess, the largest shareholder right now of Winston Gold Mining, correct? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, you know, it's uh, the old adage, right? In for a penny, in for a pound. And, uh, uh, you know, I just don't believe with uh, uh, my network that I've brought in that I'm going to use their money uh, and not use my money to profit off of any of this. So we're all in it together. And I think that gives the shareholders a, a lot of uh, confidence and uh, and I'm going to do the right thing. Uh, this isn't some, you know, uh, pump it up and dump it and get rid of it quick type thing. I'm in for the, the long haul on this and uh, 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 with all the confidence it gives uh, to uh, my friends and family and networks, I wanted to make sure that we had that all in place. Plus, I'm very excited about the future, obviously, with not only the price of gold, but where Winston can go from a production standpoint. That's, that's very... Uh... Very good to see that people still, you know, someone in your position is able or has the faith or, or the vision to be able to, you know, invest in your own, own work and own company and, and have that actual, you know, risk along with the shareholders. So at the end of the day, it's in your best interest to make sure the company does well and returns value to the shareholders, but also it's in your best interest to make sure that the company is, you know, profitable in the long term. 
Absolutely. That's, uh, that's the founding principles of all of this. And, um, uh, you know, you do it the right way. You put the right environmental, the right sustainability plans in place. You treat your people right. We've really attracted a great group of people. Uh, we are so blessed to have the, uh, not only the management team in place, we have a chief geologist that worked at Barrick's Cortez mine, uh, the, the mining engineer that came out of Pogo, out of Alaska, and our mill superintendent and metallurgist that came out of Sibane Stillwater uh, up the road in Yellowstone, the platinum palladium producer. And, you know, for a small company, uh, really, Patrick, how, how we would attract and retain these types of folks, they, uh, they've got good options. We take care of the miners as well. We've attracted, and it's all about the people at the end of the day. Yeah, you got to have the deposit. You got to have the people to perform. And they've done fantastic. They've had no accidents all the way through the two years of development that we've been into. And no COVID cases, thank God uh, for that. They've really taken care of themselves. So very proud of the accomplishments of the folks we've got. That's great to hear. So obviously it takes a lot of faith and belief in precious metals long-term, especially not only as an investor in a junior gold mining company, but I'm sure you also own gold and, and silver and things like that as an asset. What do you, what's the, the big driver, do you think, that you believe so strongly in, the, in this class, this precious metal class? As, as holding value going forward is some people would say, you know, one day gold is going to be worthless, but other people would say that that's the totally opposite uh, scenario. Well, you know, gold has held up for um, several thousand years throughout uh, uh, mankind's existence from all over the world. And it is recognized for its value and it can be carried and traded uh, across any marketplace in the world as it goes with it. Uh, if I, you know, would I rather have that background or money that's now being printed uh, crazily across the globe and, and much of it responsibly because of the COVID pandemic we've had and supporting the poor folks that, uh, that really need the support right now. But nevertheless, you know, someone's going to have to pay the piper for this when it's all over with. So when I look out at that, I just, I don't see the silver lining in this, even when the economy comes back and it will, we always do. Uh, with it, sooner or later, someone's going to have to pay for this debt. And, and you know, what you're seeing now, uh, inflation has to come back into place with this. These currencies have got to drop in value. And I think it's only a sustaining principle that gold continues to stay at a very high level. And I think like many of the other, the banks and the, the large institutions that are forecasting, you know, gold well into the $3,000 range within the next year, year and a half that goes with it. And I'm fully on board with that. The price of gold, obviously, you said you when you started working with um, when you started working with the company, the price of gold was around twelve hundred dollars. We recently we've seen gold skyrocket almost to two thousand dollars. It's been right. a great year, huge year for gold and especially precious metals in general. What is it? What is the actual cost of an ounce of gold for you guys to get it out of the ground? What is at the end of the day? What does it cost for a gold mining company to take right. gold out of the ground and then take it to a marketplace and sell it? So our, uh, it's called an AISC, an all-in sustaining cost, which is standardized across the industry. So you can benchmark evenly when people talk about cost. We're, we're going to be between $850 and $950 an ounce. So you know, when you look at you know, $18,000, $200,000 gold, you know, that's a 50% margin off of your all-in sustaining cost. And that's a pretty good buffer to have if, if gold prices go up and down. And, and if you will, you know, it is a commodity and, uh, you know, everybody thinks when it goes up, it'll last forever. And when it goes down, it'll last forever. And, and you know, you've got to be able to work these mines through the cycles. 
So you've got to stay very cognizant of your cost. You can't get outlandish in your expenses that go with it. Uh, and, and, you know, the low cost miner with the best grade is the best miner. And that's no matter what the commodity is around the world. And we have a very high grade uh, small vein mine at 0 0.3, 0 0.4 ounces per ton, but two ounces of silver a ton. Uh, and we have very good cost for uh, underground small vein mining of between 850 and 950 an ounce. In terms of getting, so when you guys are mining gold, are you also getting that, uh, I guess you're also pulling silver out with all of that that uh material that you're pulling out so is the Correct. silver basically just free money at that point as a company so so yeah you know we really don't count the silver in our calculation you know uh with it but you know right now it's about 50 dollars a ton and if you want to look at it that way it pays for the transportation from the mine to the mill uh and and pays for a substantial portion of the milling cost that goes with it so uh, that's how we look at it. It's uh, everything that we get on the silver is gravy, um, if you will, but it certainly helps uh, dr drive these costs down uh, as we go forward. I've also seen a lot of people saying that silver has been suppressed greatly over the years, been uh, pushed down. It's amazing to look at some of the largest banks in the world and to see how much silver they're actually holding, physical silver. So there's obviously something going on when the largest banks in the world have tons and tons of silver. So I would say they're expecting some type of move. So imagine, I mean, I, can't, I also own a lot of silver. So I imagine a world where you have a 200 ounce silver. I mean, that would, that would be not just gravy for you guys, but that would also be a, a huge driver in profit as well. 200 ounce yeah. silver. Yeah, absolutely. No, it would. I don't mean to downplay it at all. You know, it's a, it's a gold mine with a silver kicker or, a, you know, whatever you, a silver mine with a gold kicker that goes with it well. Yeah, you know, I think what people are banking on, and I think rightfully so, you know, the, the, the silver to gold ratio has been way out of whack for a long, long time, and it's starting to recover from that. I think people see the value in silver uh, again because it lagged the gold uh, uh, price and the ratio. Uh, you know, I think that's why we got the big jump in silver, and I think it's got a long way to run because it's still lagging behind where it needs to be in, in uh, you know, the historical ratios with gold. So, no, I think silver's in for another good run here. So I've talked to a lot of different junior miners, most of them based in Canada. How has it been as a junior miner in America, and especially in Montana, the U.S., how is that affecting with, you guys said you already have the permitting, but with the overall local government in the area that you're in in Montana, have you received pushback or you're getting support because you're creating jobs and you're bringing people into the area? How does that work with the, the miners in so America? So we've been very selective in the jurisdictions that we're looking not only in Montana, but in, in other areas within the United States. We're staying within the United States and Canada. That's, uh, that's our wheelhouse, if you will, and these are very safe jurisdictions. And I think you see a lot of the uh, foreign companies now starting to look for assets again back into the U.S. and selective areas just because, you know, there hasn't been any major gold mines in a, in a long, long time. And uh, unfortunately, some of these other countries are pretty unstable, uh, 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 particularly when you get into production and all kinds of things take place to go with it. So in Montana, we have found it to be a very mining friendly state from the, uh, the, the government side. Uh, uh, you know, the, uh, the local, the uh, Department of Environmental Quality of Montana has been excellent to work with. Uh, again, they are not shirking any of their duties. They, they hold our feet to the fire. It, uh, it takes a little while to get the permits, but they have a job to do. And, and I'm glad that they're doing their job. But 
but they're doing it in a way to, to keep business moving forward in a helpful way versus in a resistive way that we've had in uh, uh, past, past political climates, if you will. So no, we, we've got an excellent relationship within Montana. We, we like Montana, we like Idaho uh, as well uh, in these mining friendly states. And, and we've got great relationships throughout and, and we work hard at that uh, to make sure that, uh, that we stay in good graces and we don't put our toes over the line or even close to it. We wanna, we wanna make sure we're very good actors because it's just gonna bring more uh, 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 different projects that will come in with us as well, Patrick. In terms of having infrastructure and being close to towns and places for people to live and being close to the mills, how important is that obviously, you know, when you're finding these gold finds, when you have these mines, you know, having a mine that's in the middle of nowhere, that's impossible to get to, obviously that raises the cost, you know, tremendously. So how important is that, you know, by finding mines and finding veins and things that are close to infrastructure? Well, for us, it's very high on the due diligence list, right? We want stuff that uh, we can put into production, let's say within the next two years. And the infrastructure piece of it is, is very critical. If you look at Winston Gold Mine, we're 22 miles southeast of Helena, Montana, uh, a very good base to work out of. And uh, it's got all the goods and services that we, we need. It's right off of a, a major highway uh, and about three miles up a county road that's maintained by the county that goes with it. So uh, and the same thing as we drive over to Raidersburg to where the mill is, it's 35 miles of that, that main highway that I was talking about. And again, another three or four miles up a county road. So road size, we're good. Um, the mill has already been electrified uh, with, uh, with grid power. Uh, we've got uh, grid power that runs right over across the mine opening as well. And uh, we will probably electrify the mine uh, and get rid of the generators uh, next year. Uh, probably after the, the winter season and get the electrification. We've got, we're good on water. Uh, we've got good water sources to go with it. And we've got good areas of disposal in our tailing spawns as well that goes with it. So it means everything really, particularly for a small miner. If you add the infrastructure on, it, it is the cost, but it's more of the time uh, that goes with it. And, and again, you know, we don't have big staffs of people. So you know, if you're going to run a, a road and get all the access for four or five miles and, and run power in from six or seven miles out, it, it not only money, but time and particularly people you need with expertise to get this done. So, yeah, it's extremely important to us when we look at properties. What does the next six months look like for Winston Gold, especially obviously going into wintertime? How does that affect your guys' game plan and production and stuff like that? So on the, the mine, we're, in, uh, we're on the, uh, the three ore veins that, uh, that we had drilled and had expected to hit. We're in the development phase of that ore. We are bringing ore out uh, as we develop uh, the, the different headings and, and start getting to put some stopes in place as well. So we've got about, I think about 5,000 tons of, of ore on the, on the ground in a stockpile. We're starting to truck that to the mill. So in the next six months, we will continue to ramp up production up to our 150 tons a day as we develop all of these different headings in the mine and put the sill drifts in. So that you'll see development work, um, uh, but you'll also see ore coming out uh, to be processed as well over the next six months. Uh, our ramp up is to go to 30,000 ounces a year on an annualized basis with it, and that's what we expect to hit um, uh, certainly within the next six months. 
Over at the mill, uh, we had to spend about $250,000 just on good maintenance rehab and getting it really tuned up, get all the chemicals in place and all the scales. Um, it has got a line tailings bond that's never been uh, used before. So we tested that and that's good to go uh, as well. So we will bed the mill in, as they say. Uh, we'll use low grade to do that. We don't want to waste high grade ore uh, while we're getting, uh, getting everything tweaked in the mill. Uh, that should be up and going in the next month or two. Uh, as far as the winter goes, uh, uh, you know, the roads are maintained by the, the county and the state, so we're good there. Uh, when we go from there, we're far enough underground that uh, that really won't be an issue uh, for us as well. We've got heaters in our, our shops that we've just put in in the dry, and, uh, and we've got a heating system also in the mill as well. So, yeah, you know, there's always, uh, you know, the the two foot snows that you get that's gonna shut you down for a day or two. We built that into our contingencies as well, but it's nothing catastrophic like that. We expect to work well through the winter. That's awesome, great to hear. So as an industry standard, how, what, how, do, how does the market normally evaluate a junior mining company in terms of the multiples and things like that? So if you look right now, you know, uh, typically gold mines are, are um, you know, they're looked at and, and their, their value, their valuation comes from uh, either the EBITDA or the cash flow that's generated, whichever the analyst chooses to use uh, that goes with it. And then once you're in production, they use somewhere between an eight and 10 multiple that you see uh, that goes with it. So right now, if you look at us with no cash flow, you know, the folks that are getting in now, as I tell them, you know, it's basically a zero multiple since there isn't any EBITDA that goes with it. But when we go into production and we start our quarterly reports, on the amount of cash flow we're going to have, we expect to see the uh, the stock price uh, to increase for the way the analyst would do it without any speculation, Patrick, that goes with it. So, you know, a, a 13 cent Canadian stock today should be in the, the 50 to 75 cent range. I would uh, I would project uh, with caution, uh, as always, uh, as as we go forward. 2020 has obviously been a whirlwind. A I would say it's almost a perfect storm for inflationary products to fight inflation and gold, silver have always been one of those main kind of uh, assets people, people jump into when we have fear of inflation and fear of the economy, things like that. So 2020 has been a perfect example that lots of fear. That's been one of the big drivers of the price of gold. How, what, as a, as a chairman of a, of a company, a publicly traded company, things like that, are you fearful of the monetary policy in terms, obviously we, like you said, we needed to do something at the, at the bottom of the, of the market there, but are you fearful in the future, 10 years from now, like who's really gonna be on the hook for that debt that we're just printing and printing money? Well, it'll certainly be our children and our grandchildren, you know, that where it's gonna come home to roost uh, with that. Um, and I'm no economist, but I don't really think it's going to wait another 10 years. I mean, they've been kicking the, the can down the road for a long, long time from, you know, uh, funding uh, Social Security. These uh, pension funds in the U.S. that are left over are going to be dramatically underfunded this year because of the market, uh, which in, you know, the past they haven't had to contribute. And, and now when companies are just now coming out of this, hopefully, um, uh, they're going to get hit with these big pension liabilities, which are cash payments that go up front. So, yeah, it, I think the payback's going to come much sooner than, uh, than 10 years, as we've always talked about, and another 10 years and another 10 years. 
And, and I think um, after the elections down here in the, in the US uh, and, and whoever gets caught with that, and, and I don't care who the political party is, this isn't a political statement, yeah. someone's gonna get caught with this thing, um, and I think as, as quickly as early next year. So I, I know it's not a political statement, but I do like to ask the question, uh, obviously from a, from a gold mining standpoint, it, does gold and mining benefit more under a Trump administration or, un, or under a Biden administration, do you think? I'm not dodging the question, but I, I honestly don't think that because the economy is in such a bad shape and with COVID still, you know, it's still there. We don't have a vaccine. Uh, I don't think it matters who the administration is this time. They are severely going to get caught with, um, with all of this debt. And, and I still think with all the recession that has to come, uh, irregardless of government relief, the government can only give so much relief after a while, you know, uh, uh, and thankfully so, you know, the government has pushed for, we've got forbearance on foreclosures, you know, out until the end of the year, past the election, but, you know, sooner or later, um, uh, someone's going to have to pay for that. You know, uh, you can't go with forbearance and holding off, you know, mortgage payments, loan payments, car payments forever, uh, uh, you know, and the banks can't absorb all of that. So sooner or later, unfortunately, I think you're going to see that hit. And I think that's all a political decision right now that we'll see, you know, uh, in the first or second quarter of next year, somewhere, um, Unfortunately for small businesses and, and folks that are, have been left out, I, I think we're going to see that foreclosure market go sky high. Here's um, another question people always ask me as well. Is there a final, is there a, finite, like a final amount of gold in the ground? I mean, is there a point where there just is never going to get more gold out of the ground? No, um, no, there's there's more than enough gold in the ground. It just becomes more and more expensive. The grades get lower. Uh, the risk goes higher in some of the countries you have to go in, not only politically, but also as we talked about, you know, training of, of the, the, the new workforce that's coming on, no infrastructure whatsoever, security that goes with it. Um, uh, but the grades are getting lower. The deposits are getting smaller. You know, there hasn't been a major find in the gold industry in many, many years. And, uh, you know, at these prices, there's a lot of drills turning right now. So no, we, we will never run out of, of gold. And then there's the recycle side of it too, that you can't forget about. If gold gets uh, high enough and it'll only get high enough because folks are in such bad shape, all of a sudden a lot of gold jewelry is gonna show back up and be remelted as well. So uh, it's just gonna get more expensive, that's all. I want to thank you again for uh, coming on and giving us some knowledge about Winston Gold Mining. I'll have all the link for more information about the company and the ticker symbols. It's trading. It's on the Canadian yes, exchange and on the OTC market here in the U.S. And I'll put a link down below people to check it out and learn more about your company and everything that's going on with Winston Gold Mining. Exciting. Exciting times. For well, thank you. Exciting times for everybody who bought gold two or three years ago when everyone said that gold was going to continue going lower in price. Absolutely. No, Absolutely. contrarian views do pay off sooner or exactly. later. Exactly. Uh, there we go. Uh, everybody that's hung in there, uh, uh, good for them. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again, Joe.